Peace, grace, and mercy is yours from Christ. Sorry, from Christ. Amen. Right now, I am taking a class on the Lutheran Confessions. And what I tend to love about our confessions is how life-fulfilling they are. Growing up, salvation was always framed to be for the life of the world to come. But in our confession, salvation is almost always mentioned to be within the life we live right now. As Lutherans, Christ's conquering of sins on the cross is something to be conquered not only at our death, but like God suddenly flips a switch through Christ's blood and we're going to heaven. Rather, by Christ's willingness to take on human suffering at the cross, we are saved from our sins not simply for the life of the world to come, but also for the life we live now. In a way, the salvation within our lives brings in our resurrection and the life of the world to come, because Christ's uh, relationship with us continues even after death. According to our confessions, we are freed from the law so that we may live out the salvation that has been given to us. We are not called to live in grief for our sins. Rather, we are called to believe that Christ meets us where we mess up. That is the good news that we hear on Easter Sunday. That when Christ goes to, do, to defeat the evils of the world, Christ always wins. And Christ does that for us so that we may live freely in this life and in the life of the world to come. But according to our liturgical calendar, today is not Easter Sunday. Instead, today is the first Sunday of Lent, and like Advent, we wait. While in our present world Christ has defeated death, within our calendar, that day is to come. Historically, Lent has been the season of penitence and prayer. It's a season of exercising discipline, and it may even mean staying away from what gives us joy. We kick off the season with a reminder of our mortality. Remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. And given the fact that my theology is reformed, and I love the mystery of the Almighty God that it's in the Old Testament, I am just 100% down with that. For 40 days, we are reminded of our mortality as we wait for God to defeat death on Easter Sunday. And that is nothing short of poetic. Also, it is in our confessions that we Lutherans do not view our good works as a means to achieve salvation. Rather, our good works are a result of salvation. They are salvation unfolding in our lives and in the world. And we give thanks to that salvation for the day of Good Friday and Easter Sunday. But like I have said, in our calendar, those days are to come. 
Lynn brings us to those days as we join Jesus for 40 days in the wilderness. And I will argue we are also Israel wandering in the desert looking for the land of milk and honey. Or Israel in exile waiting to be set free. You get the picture. A time before redemption. So I go not to our gospel lesson for today, but our Old Testament lesson. I know, that's a shock. <laughs> in our Old Testament lesson, Israel is wandering in the desert. Israel's wandering in the desert is almost complete. They themselves have gone through their Lenten journey. They have been sleeping in tents, wandering with, little, with limited food, learning a mountain of laws, being chastised for bad behavior, and they are wondering why they chose to leave Egypt. Yet, here they are, sitting on the highlands, overlooking the Jordan River Valley, the promised land lying right in front of them. They see the salvation of the Lord right in front of them. And what do they do? They hear instruction. They are to take the first fruits of that land, give it as an offering to God, and recount their long journey. A wandering Aramean was my ancestor. He went down into Egypt and lived there as an alien, few in number. And there he became a great nation, mighty and populous. When the Egyptians treated us harshly and afflicted us by imposing hard labor on us, we, we cried to the Lord. The God of our ancestors, the Lord heard our voices and saw our affliction, our toil and our oppression. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with a terrifying display of power and with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So now the first fruit, sorry, the first of the fruit of the ground that you, O Lord, have given me. In our Old Testament lesson, Israel prepares to give God fruit as a gift for their redemption because of all of what their history includes, toil, wandering, and oppression. With this fruit, they are to offer all these things to God with outstretched arms because they have been redeemed. So to kick off the beginning of Lent, I invite all of us to ask, what is the fruit of our salvation that we lift up to God? And what are we being saved from? For Israel, they needed salvation from toil and depression, and they gave the first harvest of their salvation. So another way to ask these questions are, what of ours did Jesus take to the cross 
to be nailed on to be nailed so that he may conquer it on Easter Sunday. And what fruit does our salvation bring into this world? If you ask people the meaning of Lent, you'll typically get an answer an answer centered around discipline. But if you dig deeper, you may get differing answers. Because like Pastor Stephen says, a person's faith is different from another. Pastor Stephen, along with modernity, has come to emphasize giving instead of fasting as a discipline for Lent. Well, at least from last year. I don't, yeah. okay. Essentially, Lent is a time to collect harvest of salvation and give it to the world, which is lovely. However, between Pastor Stephen and I, when it comes to religious practice, I'm actually the ancient one, and he's the modernist. <laughs> Before I reap the harvest, I prefer to point myself inward rather than outward. I prefer to fast as a spiritual practice because I am embarking on asking, what did mind did Jesus take to the cross to be nailed so that he may conquer it on Easter Sunday? And for what I know what is to come, I choose to humble myself before the Lord. Yet a farmer can throw seed in one field and reap the harvest of another on the same day. When I think of Lent, I think of a journey that seeks to discover the depths of mortality and take it to the test. Thus, I give up elements of my life that give me joy, and I give up habits. Last year, I gave up alcohol and caffeine. The latter was a horrible mistake. <laughs> this year, I am giving up alcohol, the Facebook app on my phone, and I'm covering the mirrors that are in my apartment. For me, my Lenten journey is contemplating my mortality and revealing, or one may say, confessing truths about myself. When it comes to contemplating my mortality, my mind immediately goes to wondering what I prioritize in life. Am I treasuring what is most important? Am I loving those close to me as I should? Am I giving to the world as I should? I wonder, who am I as a person? As I give something up, I am reminded throughout the seasons, throughout the season that flesh is weak. As I pray for Lent and with Lent in mind, I find myself unveiling areas in which I need to rest in God, because I do not feel as if I am enough. Discipline and self-examination also can sadly serve as judge, jury, and executioner. And yes, as I say this, I also say that I love Lent, because Lent places me where the Israelites are in the Old Testament lesson. In the season of Lent, I am on the highlands. I see the promised land right in front of me, the land of milk and honey that is Easter Sunday. 
and when I see this sight, I give great thanks to the Lord for my salvation, because I see all that I have done, and all of who I am. For me, the discipline of Lent rings in the reveal of bold, unwavering love and mercy that is found in Jesus Christ on Easter Sunday. When Easter is in sight, I can fall on my knees and praise for what the Lord has given me. So I invite you all onto the highlands. On Good Friday, we will all approach the cross, acknowledging that Christ has taken something of us with him. And on Easter Sunday, it will be conquered. What exactly is it? What parts of you keep you away from God? Within this busy world, what distracts you from your faith? Like a train. Within your life, where does God's salvation seem to not unfold from your faith? Are you prioritizing all that should be prioritized as they should? Are you loving those close to you as you should? What values do you carry with you in thought, word, and deed every day? And what is the core of who you are? So for Lent, I encourage reflection, discipline, and fasting. This task is difficult because on Easter Sunday, you can offer yourself to God for your salvation and say, I gave you this fruit of the promised land, my redeemed self, the fruit of my labor, because you took all of who I am and all of what I discovered in the Lenten season and made me new. But again, a farmer can throw seeds in one field and reap the harvest of another on the same day. I am aware that while Lent brings me to a time before salvation at the cross, Lent points us to the cross and reminds us that we already have salvation. I can contemplate parts of my life and be secure in others. So this Old Testament lesson calls on me to be on the highlands, causing me to recall the long journey Yet I am already called to assess what fruit I raise to the Lord for what I know is to come on Easter Sunday and what I already have. Thus, Lent is not, a se- Lent is not just a season of contemplation, but a season that reveals our weak spots. And then God says, I call you a beloved and redeemed child of God. Feed my sheep. Speak good news to the poor. Set the captive free. Bring rest to the restless. Love the foreigner. I give you Easter Sunday for a reason. Thus, in the sermon at the beginning in this sermon at the beginning of Lent, I invite you to be on the highlands. And I invite you to be in the Jordan River Valley to prepare for what comes on Easter Sunday 
and to live out salvation knowing that Easter Sunday has already arrived. Amen.